Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 88 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm just calling this episode Finn's Epilogue because this is the end uh, of the D&D, or at least we're getting to the end of the D&D stuff. And, uh, well, let me get to the intro first. So this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, uh, on Monday morning at 7 a.m. So go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the episode. Uh, you can also download and share the episode from the link in the podcast. Um, or you can go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast there. It's just the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. It's got a black background with smoke in it. My name, Joseph Carlson. Uh, go there, give me a like, subscribe, give me some stars, let me know what you think of the show. Um, or you can write to me at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. That's gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Go there, drop me a line, let me know what you think of the show. Um, yeah, or, uh, and I'm more and more trying to do this, I'm also on Twitter, at Just Little Joe. So go to Twitter, at Just Little Joe. My avatar is somebody in dark, rimmed, big glasses that I found comical and actually found a pair. Anyway, um, yeah, so this is getting to the end of the D&D campaign I did a few weeks ago with my wife and my friend Martin. His character, Finn, has an epilogue. It's about an hour and 15 minutes, somewhere in there. I edited it down. Uh, we do some swears, so just to let you know, there is some swearing in the episode um, but other than that, I hope you enjoy what we've been doing. Um, I'm picking back up with my other group with D&D as well. So I'm uh, after the holidays, I'm blowing all the D&D dust out of my head to get back into gaming. It'll be very good. We did a campaign last night, which was more of a dungeon crawler, which was good. Uh, the DM for that campaign has been very busy, though. So we had to cut the um, session short, which is fine. Um, what else? Yeah, I think that's about it. So, you know, without further ado... Uh, enjoy the episode, and I will talk to you guys next week. Be safe. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. So enjoy, and I'll do an outro, but yeah, enjoy the episode. Bye. Um, so obviously, since you're out in the swamps, I don't really need to show you the map. I mean, I can if you want, but you are out in the swamps, and obviously, Sharn is the biggest city. Um, and then what your, I don't know if you remember, but your, um, I didn't, I have it written down somewhere, but what is your, Martin's contacts right here, uh, cracks your, uh, yeah, your guy, he, uh, yeah, he's your artificer. So, you know, he levels with you, you, you know, you guys talk about what you wanted, cause that's where you kind of left off before is you were talking about what you wanted to do with the arm. And he said, yeah, I have no problem doing that, you know, but I'm going to need some material, um, one, you want your arm to be reinforced, so you're going to need uh, the, the adamantine. The adi- I don't know how they pronounce it. I need to see how they pronounce it. I think it's, it's adamantine, so they don't want to get sued, right? So they don't want to call it adamantine, like Wolverine. So they basically say that, you know, he says, yeah, I can do that. I can reinforce your arm, but if you want this gun, like he's drawing up sketches, you know, you kind of wake up the next morning. You still don't really know what happened with that whole time thing. It's really strange. But you're just like, well, I'm alive. I got the money, you know, that I was promised. And um, Trosh is wounded but not hurt, like sore. Um, And nobody double-crossed you. Galen walked away, remember? He's like, I'll talk to you later type thing. And uh, so basically right now, 
uh, you go talk to your contact, and he's like, yeah, I can do this. I can put a gun in there, but obviously it's going to have to be reinforced. To have something built in there, I need it first reinforced out of the adamantine uh, steel. I need that first. So he says, I need you to go to Sharn and get me a quantity of it for your arm. And he goes, I can write out instructions. And he goes, I have a contact there. Um, uh, And he goes, everybody makes fun of his name, but don't make fun of his name to his face. His name is Blim. He's also a dwarf, but he's the best. um, He does, he's an artificer with weapons. Uh, so he could do what we need to your arm. I can reinforce it, but we're going to need his help and I'm going to need to consult with him. So he goes, but what I'm first going to need to do is I need you to give him these sketches. And he rolls up the sketches that he's kind of sketching with you. He rolls them up and he says, um, but I need the metal from him. So if you buy the metal from him and give him these sketches, uh, then we can we can um, talk back and forth about how to, uh, you know, how to make your arm what you want it to do. So So with with this, would that come an extra cost by him helping? Well, he says, yeah, what's going to happen is he's going to ask for some of your shards. He goes, you're going to have to, he's a fair, he's he's fair, but he is going to want to barter some shards. So you're going to have to see if that's reasonable when you talk to him. Uh, Blim is fair, but he's going to want some shards. Um, You know, gold speaks, but people are a lot... Uh, more inclined to talk to you if you actually have shards. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to decide if he's like wanting too much. He is fair, but he's obviously going to want to make some money. And I can reinforce your arm, but I need the steel. He has the steel, and he also has the knowledge on how to reinforce your arm. And so you're going to have to go get the steel from him, come back with the steel, and then he's going to look over my sketches and decide. Because he said, again, I'm the armorer. He's the weaponsmith. So... Um, I'm going to need to consult with him and God knows I'm not going to go to Sharn, which, um, you know, he, you don't know why you don't ever ask, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to go to the city. Uh, he's probably in near retirement age or he just doesn't want it. Like it's too loud. He's out here. And then this, uh, blim is not going to come to the swamps because you know, you're in the backwater area. So there's no reason to come out here, but he'll, you guys could trade like this being steampunk. There's tons of magical ways for you guys to communicate. There's message stones, uh, they don't have holograms, but they have, you know, you can you can mail a rock to somebody with a message on it. They have spell shards that have memories in them, like all this kind of stuff. So uh, you guys could do letters like correspondence, you know, um, and then sooner or later you may have to they may have to meet in the middle. Um, so, yeah, this is like I said, this is your epilogue setting up more stuff in the world. But, yeah, um, you know, your contact is uh, your um, Dorb is really, you know, honest with you. He's like. Yeah, I can, you know, he's, he cracks. He says, listen, I, I can do the arm part and I can reinforce it. I just need the time and the material. You go get the metal uh, and then give this man the sketches. You'll probably have to wait a day or two for him to make his own sketches or correct my sketches and then come back with the metal and the, uh, um, you know, the uh, renewed sketches. Uh, I can, I, I'm not an old dog. I can learn new tricks. As long as he tells me what I'm doing and corrects my work, I'll be fine. Or yeah, or he may decide that it's hopeless, and he may want to meet us in an undisclosed location, in between both places, and do the work. He's obviously going to want to get paid for all this. So again, uh, you'll have to look at your dragon shards and decide. Oh, that's too much. It's not enough, or whatever. You know, if he's trying to rip you off. So yeah. does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. with uh, Cracks, what is your payment version of your labor? He says, well, all I want is uh, one of the smaller... If you're giving me the material, all I want is one of the smaller uh, Dragonstones of the... Um, what's right here? Of the, the Eberron style. Uh, they're the lowest value, but I can use them. And then you're giving me the material. But obviously other people are going to want shards for the material. Yeah, absolutely. So, I just wanted to make sure... Yeah, he just wants one of the small Eberron shards... The only one; these are all I didn't write, but these are all smaller shards. The only one that's medium is the the uh, cyber one or whatever. The other ones, yeah. these are small. So you have like five small shards, four and uh, four small shards. The other ones. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I just want one of the small shards, and then we're good because you're actually providing the material. If you had to go, you can mine the material, but it's really dangerous, and um, I would imagine I haven't. I've read a little bit about mining it. Uh, they come from meteors. It's rare, I'm sure. Uh, you can suffer cavens, you know. I'm sure it's really dangerous to go do it, so it's easier just to buy it from people. But then they again might try to rip you off or something like that. So yeah. you have to go into the city and be like, "Ah, oh, that sounds fair," or get out of here. So, and then you have—I don't have your. Actually, I probably should open your character, but you have like appraisal stuff. So let's look at your characters. Um. Where is your guy? Oh, this is a uh, campaign. He's in another campaign. I have to go here. I was like, where'd you go? I think you have, well, I mean, it's mostly your um, intelligence and things like that, but you have like, you know, insight and investigation and mm, yeah, I mean, you would, you'd be able to see if somebody was ripping you off or not. Yeah. Well, I've got I ear for you to see and eyes for detail. Yeah, yeah, so you can you can be like, mm, I think you're wrong. So just to get into Sean from where you're at, uh, you do fly in a ship. It goes into the city. Uh, I had it open, but I think it closed. Um, or I need to open another window. Hang on. So I'll just go to, whoops. It was like the second or third. So yeah, you, you come into the city and... It's, it is at night, so you do see this. This is one of your airships. There's only a few people coming in from night from the swamps because obviously there's not a lot of population out here, so people are just coming in and out. Um, you're not going to see someone fall off the whatever. So this is kind of what you see when you guys come in. There's a terminal right here. You guys come in. Um, I'd say it's probably like about, since you're far out, I'd say it's probably about five gold to get to where you need to, you know, from where you are to here. So yes. deduct that from your thing. Um and you have been to Sharn a few times. So, um, and then, um, you know, your, your, your dwarf, your contact did give you a map on how to get to the guy. So let's say it takes you just a couple hours. Now, Trosh does come with you and he tells you he just, if this guy's a, a metal, if this guy's a weaponsmith, he does want something from the guy. And he has his own shards. He didn't get as many as you or um, Carla's character. But he does want something from him and he wants to know if the guy can build it so he's going to ask him questions okay. uh, do you want to talk to Trosh on your way there like when you guys land or well, yeah I'll, uh, I'll talk with Trosh uh, <laughs> damn it I gotta do it again I gotta uh, talk to him again what? this is ridiculous well, he's a friend of mine so I'm not gonna keep anything from him I'm just no 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 well he knows like he knows what you're looking for and stuff like that you know so. yeah so I'm just gonna head to him and I'm gonna head to 
comfortable him. And if uh, if there's something else that he wanted to do, uh, and we could just meet up back to where we got off of the tram at, or unless he wanted to come with me. Well, strangely enough, as I've said before in the other game you were playing, the food uh, out in the swamps isn't that great. And so uh, Trosh actually wants to get a good meal since it's evening, and then he'll go over and see Blim. He wants to have a nice cup of ale, probably a bath, and then, um, you know, he just got a haul. He's got some gold saved up, so he's going to spend that, um, have a good meal, a bath, and a cup of ale, and then go see Blim probably in the morning, get a room with, like, an actual nice bed, not your crappy cots you guys sleeping out in the swamps. Something that's warm. Well, I'll, uh, I'm gonna go see Blim, and then uh, right away in the evening, I'm you're done, not gonna correct. If I'm okay. done uh, before he gets there, I'm gonna meet him at where he's gonna. Yeah, well, like I, like I said, Trash isn't gonna. He's gonna wait till the morning because he wants to. Like, I got into town. I want to sleep. I want to. I want to have the works, and then I, the massage, and then I want to go see Blim in the morning. You just want to see him right away, right? Right. Okay. Well, yeah, Trash is fine with that, but he's like, they have bass, and he goes. And you guys land and you see... They actually have a photo of it in the book. But there is a... Um, there is a... Let's see if it actually shows it. They have another art piece of art. Yeah, they have this... Uh, yeah. the They call it uh, the Red Dragon Tankered Inn. Which, and you see that and people... And it's actually really quiet even though you're kind of on the... You go to like the middle... There's like the middle city... And that's, like, kind of where, like, the working class people go, you know? It's not poor. And, and some people are kind of coming in and out. But even tonight, it is kind of, like, the beginning of winter. So it isn't as packed as it normally is. There's kind of a chill in the air. and But you see people coming in and out. And when you go in, it um, they probably put some spells inside, but it's actually really quiet once you get in. So you don't hear the noise of the city or anything like that. And... And it is a pretty big place. It's like three stories. People are getting drinks. There's probably like, I don't know, 50 people in different levels. And no matter with people talking and everything, it's still really kind of subdued. Again, they probably use some magic to quiet down the noise so people can have food and drink in peace. Yeah. So you kind of hear that. Um, two elven uh, females come up and they're like, oh, good sir. And they like bow. They're like, you know welcome they're like would you like a table or would you just like a cup of ale and to stand and they like point to the bar and you notice there's no seats at the apartment people are just standing there drinking talking but you see seats up and they have a couple of empty stalls gotcha uh we would like a, a seat um some ale some uh a hot meal and do you have rooms available they're like uh i'll have to check on that but you can have a seat over here and so uh, one of the elves leaves to go check on the rooms, and then the other one escorts you to the table. She actually sets a menu in front of you, um, and it's got pretty good-looking food, uh, like quail, chicken, like stuff you don't get in the swamps. And if you do, it's it's you're like, ah, oh, this is cheap here. Of course, they can import whatever they want and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Trash, what would you like in the way of food? Of course we want ale. Right, well, he, yeah, he orders two ales just for himself, and uh, he just wants, actually, some uh, chicken, which he hasn't had in a while. Um, okay. He roasted chicken, and then they have fixins, you know, like the vegetables, which is weird. I mean, you guys are used to, like, I would say back in the swamps, you guys are probably used to mushrooms and a lot of, like, 
like maybe not seaweed, but like weird greens. You know what I mean? Like not great. So this is like fresh greens. Like like Trosh is very specific when he orders. It's almost like he's made a list in his head. Where like what do you want? He's like I want this kind of like I want carrots. You know, like all this stuff, and she's looking, writing it down, and he's very specific, you know, and she's like, okay, like writing everything down. She's like, for you, sir? Uh, I want the same in the way of vegetables, but I want quail and a chicken. All right. She like writes it down. She's like, do you want anything else to drink? Uh, I'll have two of what he's having. All right. She like writes it down. She's like, uh, we don't have any entertainment tonight. Um, usually we do on the weekends, but we just decided tonight it was going to be a quiet night. Uh, so you guys enjoy. And she, you know, goes into the crowd to get your food or whatever. And like within a minute or two, you know, Trosh is like looking around and then like a minute your guys' ale comes and he immediately downs, you know, does like the eight-year-old, like the, you know, thing and then um, slams it down and then burps really loudly and stretches and then grabs the other one and starts sipping it. He's like, this is really good. And just keeps like looking down at his ale cup. <laughs> I'm going to salute him and down mine. Okay. My first time. And he's like, so you're going to go see Blim tonight? Um, I don't know. I guess it depends on how late we're here. Uh, if there's time, then yeah. But if not, we're not in a rush to get back. So maybe tomorrow would be a good idea. Like you said, a good good meal, good night rest, and then maybe first thing in the morning. Yeah, he's like, if 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 Bloom actually has the steel you're looking for, because uh, like you right. said, you didn't keep anything from him. He's like, if he has the steel you're looking for, it'll be a quick in and out, you know, get the steel. As long as he's got a fair price, I guess. And he goes, and yeah. then we go back. Cracks also said that it, depending, he might take a day or two to go over sketches right. on top of that. So yeah, I mean, I, we could be here for another couple of days. That's true. Well, but I'm not in a hurry to get back. Right. Well, you do, yeah, because this place is nice, and you guys have a little bit of money now to spend uh, on something better than iced tea. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, you. Right. <laughs> so you guys are like actually drinking and like. You know, like I said, they probably use magic or something, but it's actually really quiet in here. So you kind of look around. It seems like everybody's having a good night and everything. Um, and, uh, yeah, you guys just kind of eat your meal. Is there anything you want to talk to um, Trosh about or not? Because, like, your meal comes and it's, it's like, the stereotypical, like, Thanksgiving thing. Like, it looks good. It tastes good. You guys are just like, this is great, you know? And it, for you guys, it was – if you wouldn't have made this score, it was expensive – I don't know if you want to find out any more, like if you want to sell any more of your shards or if you want to keep them. Or, if, I mean, you could talk to people here. Um, I mean, I don't know if you can talk to the barmaid, but you could probably find someone here to talk to. Yeah. Um, for right now, I'm going to hold on to them. Okay. Uh, until then, uh, there might be a time where we might want to go and get somebody to appraise them. Okay. But for right now, uh, I'm not going to talk to anybody in this tavern about what I have. Right. You're not going to be like, hey, does anybody know where to sell all these expensive shards? No. Um, yeah, no one's going to. Let Trosh know that it is a little eerie. I mean, how many, how many places have we been in where they're serving alcohol that it's this quiet? He's like, well, I haven't spent as much time in this city as you probably have, but this is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree, but uh, it is a little eerie, especially for yeah he goes well i don't i don't know where these big city folk live but um you know maybe it's a spell or something i don't know it's just uh 
It is kind of nice, though. Um, I kind of don't miss the bar fights uh, in the swamps. Because there was always people getting into it over that crappy bilge water ale that you guys are drinking. And, uh, you know, if one table doesn't get broken at night over someone's head, it'll probably be a quiet night for you guys. (laughs) You're like, oh, nobody got into any any kind of assault. That's crazy. Like, yeah. Um, So, yeah, Trosh is, like, just slowly eating. And he is, like, a little kid, like, savoring everything, you know? And then... um, the way just comes back around and cleans your guys' uh, plates. She goes, do you guys want dessert? And Trosh, his ears, he you see his eyes get big. He's like, you have dessert? And she's like, looks at him. She's like, and then she looks you guys over. He's like, you guys from the swamps? And Trosh is like, yes. And she's like, sorry, I'm just asking. Yes, we have dessert. And he's like, great. What do you have? And she's like, well, um, the uh, cook just did like a pecan pie and an apple pie and um well you know we have um something that the some of our cooks cooked up the hospitality people uh it's really cold it's uh they use milk it's weird but it's delicious people are loving it and it it's got a little bit of fruit in it so people tend to like it and trash's take trash like looks like he's thinking you know he even does this he goes i'll take one of each and she goes like all right and you see her pull her pad out right down she goes for you Okay. She like writes it down. She goes, it'll be just a moment. And she goes back and Trosh is like, cold milk. Well, I don't know. These city folk are kind of strange, but if people are eating it, I guess. And he starts looking around, you know, to see if he could see anybody eating it. You don't really see anybody eating it that you could see. And he's like, do you have any other contacts in like the lower cities? Maybe we could, uh, you know, offload some things. And I mean, yeah. So we could probably ask around um, in this way of, you know, contacts in the lower cities. I'm not quite sure, but uh, we could ask somebody here. Maybe she would mm-hmm. know, or, or we can wait and talk to Blim tomorrow. He might know uh, people in the lower cities. Yeah, Trosh kind of like looks around a little bit. He's like, Blim would probably be better because if we're buying the ore from him, he'd probably know where to get ore and get other stuff without really raising, you know. He goes, because you've heard as much as I have. Like, I mean, you guys aren't dummies. You know, the, the, the metal is precious and it's difficult to mine. So if he's dealing with people to get that, then he knows a little right. bit of the underworld. You know, Trosh is like, I don't, I don't want to accuse him of anything. But, you know, sometimes you have to know some people to get some stuff. So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, I have a little bit of dirt on you. Yeah. It'll be like that episode of The Simpsons of, like, Homer trying to buy illegal fireworks and he buys everything else. You know, and then the guy waits for someone to leave and he's like, oh, I don't have a legal. Come with me. Like waits for everybody to leave and then goes, yeah. Yeah, you guys, um, you're sitting there talking and then uh, your stuff comes out. You get a piece of the pecan pie. Trosh gets the apple pie, um, the peach pie. And then the uh, like the weird cold, you get a cup of that too. It's really cold and it hurts your teeth a little bit, but it does have fruit and it. it tastes really good. He's like, oh my god, like it's really good. And the he's like, oh, it's so sweet. Like you guys are like, oh, like you have a, like they give you a little bit, and you're like, oh, it's really sweet, but it's really good. And uh, you see the other elf come back, the one that went to go check on the rooms. Yes. And she's like, oh, hello, uh, are you two still interested in a room? Yes. 
She's like, well, we have one room with uh, two uh, single beds, one for each of you, uh, upstairs on the second floor, and it'll be about um, two gold a night. Is that okay? Sounds great. She's like, how many nights can I book you for? Look at Trash, shrug. Two? Yeah, Trash is like, uh... He goes, well, we have to meet someone in the morning, and we don't really know when we'll be checking out. And she goes, I understand. She goes, how about we just do one night for now, and then tomorrow morning, tell us before the end of the day, and we can extend your room rental. Sounds great. We like that. Okay. She goes, um, when you go pay for the room, we'll put your uh, food tab on it, uh, on the room bill. Sounds great. So she goes, uh, do you guys have anything you'll be checking in? Just what we brought with us. Okay. You we'll guys have like first. backpacks and stuff? Yeah. Um. Yeah, like they take away your guys' food. Trash is like, ah. Uh. He goes, I'm going to go up and get a bath. And he just like stumbles, you know, like the food drunk, like just stumbles up there and he's like, I just want to get a bath. And then he goes up to the, the check-in thing and tells him and then, you know, the elf that got you guys a room follows you guys up. Speaks in Elvish. You don't speak Elvish, do you? I don't believe I don't. I, I think you speak... Goblin. Yeah. So, she speaks Elvish to the clerk, who's also an elf. And, um, yeah, like, you... Like, Trosh is like, yeah, I really want a bath. She, like, looks at him, and then she says something in Elvish, and the, it's a male elf, and he, like, nods, and then he's like, oh, okay. And then uh, she leaves. She goes... He goes, let me show you guys to your room. Uh, there's actually, we have a bath. Um, we have a bathroom. I can show you to that after you guys check in. So he shows you guys to check in. It's actually, it's kind of a simple room, but it's comfortable and really warm. The bed actually looks really comfortable. It's like uh, probably a 20 by 20 room. Uh, well, I mean, each side is like 20 by 20. Your beds are on either side. I like imagine a duplex, I guess would be the best way to do it. And um, so you guys... Check in, uh, you put your bags down. Trosh is like, I'm just going to get a bath. I'll be back in, I don't know, 30 minutes or whatever. Uh, he goes, I don't know if you want to go talk to Blim now or wait for the morning. Uh, but he's like, I'm full. And after the bath, I'm sure I'll be exhausted. So he goes in and the when he opens the door, the concierge was like waiting for him, you know, outside. He's like, oh, hello. And you hear him say something to him and the door closes. And then you, they just, like, walk away. I don't know if you want to follow him or um, what you want to do. Yeah, I'll follow him. Okay. Yeah, you, you kind of go out with him. And then um, he's like, oh, yeah. He goes, he, like, looks. He goes, if you'd like, um, he, uh, when you guys leave the room, he uh, takes a key, like, out of his, like, a sleight of hand thing. It, like, slides out of his robes he's wearing, you know, and he locks the door. And then he hands you the key. He, he basically, it's another sleight of hand thing where he hands both of you a key. So, like, he locks the door, and then he goes like this, and the key, like, splays out, and there's two of them. And he's like, so this is your key. Everything's locked up. If you guys would like, we could actually get your clothes cleaned. Uh, it's only a silver, but it's something we try to provide for the guests. Yes, I would like my laundered trash. He's like, yeah, because, like, there's still dirt and stuff from the last, you know, like, there's sand. Like, he walks, and you see a little bit of sand fall. And um, they're like, of course. They're like, it'll take probably about as long as your bath. So if you just give us your stuff, uh, when you disrobe, it'll be done. It'll be in your room. Or it'll be, you know, we'll give it to you before you leave your bath, basically. Okay. Um, that sounds good to me. I'm going to take my bag with me to, the, to get my bath. Okay. 
Yeah, Trosh, uh, he just locks his... He throws his under the bed, though, his bag, you know? And then, uh, yeah, then he... Uh, you notice in his bag, I'm not going to make a roll, but he has uh, his own sketch. You see, like, some parchments rolled up, you know? And he doesn't keep anything from you. He wants a pistol, but he wants it basically to run off um, like an artificer to make it where it runs off energy as opposed to rounds. But he knows that's yeah. going to be expensive, and he probably doesn't have enough shards, but... If Blim's talking to you about your gun arm, he'd probably be the one to talk to you about, like, how do I go about doing this? Yeah. Um, so he made his own sketches, which he didn't really know he was that inclined, but he could have just literally just drawn an L and then been like, how do you make this a gun? And the guy's like, that's the worst right. sketch I've ever seen in my life. And he's like, well, it's just an idea. I'm just floating ideas by you, you know? And he's just like, all right, you know, like, um, yeah, so... Yeah, you guys take your bath. It's incredibly, like, Trosh doesn't really talk. Like, once they pour the water, you guys are in, like, those big, you know, like, oak barrels, basically. Uh, the water's already poured and everything. You don't see anybody in the room. It's just you guys. Trosh just totally uh, has no, um, he's not shy or anything. He just wants to take a bath. So he, like, disrobes in front of you and just climbs in the bath and just lays there. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, he's laying, you know, and the steam's coming up. And the water's slightly... Uh, soapy but it does feel good and like grime comes off him you know because you guys you know you guys aren't animals you bathe but it's definitely better than standing in front of water runoff in the swamp somewhere of something or um, using a bar of soap when it's raining that's what you guys do sometimes you know like uh, so he's this is much better so he's just like this is great and he's like you know he's like running the water over his eyes and then he's just sitting there with his hands on the you know on the um sides just like like the steam's coming up and he's like ah and then he looks around he doesn't see and he's like well that was uh that was strange with that thing he like actually puts a towel over his eyes you know so he's like not but he's talking he's like that was really weird back there with the sand room oh yeah i understand um i'm surprised we made it out that was uh it was actually a lot of fun. He's like, yeah, and um, we didn't get that hurt. He goes, you killed a goblin, so that's good, I guess. Um, he's like, so what about that guy, though, Galen? Um, what about him in the way of him being awkward as hell? Or <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen anybody like him before, and I've been around a little bit. Of course, not as much as some people, but he looks strange. Of course in places where people say elves look strange and he's just laying there you know just like ah. the, the, the weird thing I would have to say was that he did it all over again like, from the very beginning like, almost word for word we were back in there do you remember any of that I mean you just kind of stared in awe but oh I remember like he's like I don't I remember but he goes I don't I don't know. He goes, that whole place is strange. And uh, he goes, it just reminded me of an hourglass. All that sand and the sky, I don't really know. But he goes, I'm not, I've never been one with magic. I've never really understood it. So he could obviously cast spells. If we ever see him again, I guess we could ask. But um, I don't know. Maybe he can't explain it. I have no idea. If we ever see him again, I don't think that's something that I'm going to bring up. So uh, he can cast magic. You know, he can do what he did. I'm one thing I don't want him to do is to do whatever it is to me. 
Well, he goes, I'll tell you this much. He didn't see it, but I think he was surprised at us as that happened. You know, I don't think he was planning on any of that stuff. But he goes, he did walk away intact, just like we did. Sounds like he got what he wanted, which was weird. Uh, he goes, all I remember is getting knocked out and then you dragging me out. I got buried by sand, but he seemed to be happy, but I don't know if he got any shards or anything. The last thing I remember is being knocked out by a massive pile of sand, which is ridiculous. Yeah, so I know that he didn't get any shards. He got some sort of weird orb. Uh, I asked him about it, and he was kind of like, it's not really my business, more or less. So, you know what? We made it out. We got what uh, we wanted in the sense of an adventure. And we got stuff for it. Yeah, and we got paid. That's a charge. It's like the most important part, we got paid. I don't know, it's been about... But about probably 15, 20 minutes, and Trosh is like, all right, and, like, gets out of the bath, and you just, like, when he gets out, you just see the water is, like, gray, you know, because he had, like, grime on him and everything. And, uh, oh, yeah, Trosh speaks Elvish. I don't know why. Anyway, because um, he is an elf. Um, so, like, he uh, he gets up, and he dries off, and then he gets, like, they give you guys, like, a robe, basically. And you guys come out, and then uh, when you guys come out of the room, your guys' stuff has been cleaned. And it's like all, it's got a little weird bow on it. And then it's each of your guys' stuff, and like Trosh grabs his things and just walks through his room in his robe. And you guys kind of look up when you're going down the catwalk, and there's a couple people doing the same thing. So it's just like a hotel. Uh, People are just walking around in robes, like just trying to get to their room and everything. Trosh goes in the room, and he just starts to get dressed again. And, um... He says, well, he goes, I'm going to hit the hay. He goes, if you see Blim, let me know how it goes in the morning. And then he sits down and then he kind of like lays there. And then you see him roll out his sketches again and like lay in bed and like kind of look at his sketch, you know, like unroll it. And he's kind of like laying there looking at his sketch. And he's and then he and then you see him do the thing where he's laying in his bed and his eyes slowly start to close. You know, he's like uh, and then he and then he kind of just passes out on the bed. Okay. Um. I'll look out the window. I'm not quite ready to go to bed, but I'm not really going to wander around. Uh, yeah, you Cause... don't see... Um, you don't really see anything odd. Of course, it's a massive city. You see uh, probably one more of the sky ships come in to dock where you guys docked. Because, you know, they it, it's just like a train. They cut them off at certain times of night, you know? Um, yeah. And you see people come in and out. And... Yeah, I mean, it just looks like a bustling city. You don't go to Sharn a lot, but you've been here before. So it's not like a, you're not, it's not culture shock. But every time you go here, you're like, yeah, this place is pretty huge. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It just looks like a bustling city. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to close the blinds if there is blinds. And I'm going to. Oh, yeah. I'm going to lay down. Yeah. Uh, you kind of just wake up in the morning and um, there's a knock on your door, like a really soft knock on your door. And you're like, ah. And you like get up and open the door, and it's a concierge. He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry to wake you, sir. I should have told you there was a do not disturb thing on your door." And you look down, and there is like a little thing hanging there. It's like on a little piece of wood, and it's got like a nice rope tied to it, you know. And he's like, "Anyway, here's your complimentary morning paper. I'm sorry." And he like slides it through the door, and then kind of like backs away, you know. Okay, um, I'll grab the paper and go sit down and uh, open it up, start looking. And- yeah, you, you notice you're like looking and nothing's really of interest, but then you get to like the, um, you get to the obituary section and there's a massive page spread on a priest that was killed. 
uh, a week ago, and they have a photo of him, and it's that dude out in the swamps. And they start writing this big, like one of those double-page spreads of obituaries where they don't just talk about the guy. They start talking about the church, that the church he was involved with was building this thing on the edge of the swamp to be like a rest or a pilgrimage for people who were, um, you know, in that area. It was going to be a bastion of light in a dark, dingy place. Obviously, this paper doesn't like people from the swamps. You can just tell by reading around the, the margins that they... They regard the swamps as a literal backwater place and that they were trying to bring some sophistication. And this priest was well loved within the community. I mean, this is a massive piece, uh, more than just a standard two paragraph obituary. Uh, his name was Father Benedict. He was very well loved. Um, I don't think I screwed his name up. I might have given his name last time. Anyway, I think it was Benedict. He was loved. Uh, the choir for three days after he died, sang uh, inspirational hymnals for him and the congregation. But it was a week ago that he died, which is strange because, you know, it's only been in probably about two days. Maybe, yeah, I, yeah two, between you talking with, uh, you know, tracks and going over all that. And then, you know, you met with Galen that evening. And, um, you know, you've been underground and stuff before and you do lose a sense of time, but you know it wasn't a week. But again, it was weird that there was a time jump when you asked Galen about it. He's like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, was there a bit of a time jump? But then everybody was, the intro of the conversation when you met Galen and everything was kind of the same. So like, you're just like, I don't that's really strange. But like, nobody's been knocking on your door. Nobody's been asking anybody from the swamp. You know, when you left, nobody was asking questions. Uh, you guys were the first big settlement in the swamp closest to the the uh, monastery so i mean i guess no harm no foul but it is weird that it's been a week that doesn't not sit with you right but you're like that's really weird but again you've been underground where you've lost sense of time and all that stuff so right right is josh up yeah like as you're reading he like slowly gets up and he just like stretches and he's like uh, like rubs his eyes like oh if only we could afford these beds all the time i'm gonna i'm gonna say hey come here take a look at this yeah, and he like, you know, rubs his eyes and then comes over there and he's like, what? I'm going to show him the paper and I go, just going to point at it and go, read this. Does this, does this sound about right to you? Yeah, he starts reading it. He's like, mm, like skimming it. And he's like, mm. and then you see his eyes get bigger and bigger. He's like, a week. A week. What, where, what's going on? He goes, Have you heard anything like this before? No. No, I haven't. But like I said, that whole place was like the inside of an hourglass. It was weird. Uh, and then he, he paused for a second. He's like, but nobody came and asked us if we were involved. A lot of people saw us. He's like, again, Galen looked really weird. People would ask questions, you know, why we were with somebody that looked so strange. He went in inside and out of the monastery so people would have noticed him. I think before we left, somebody would ask a question. We were in, in the swamps for a good day or two before, you know, it was, I don't know. He goes, it's... Uh, he goes, I think we should just, you know, not talk about it, obviously, unless somebody approaches us, because it just seems, uh, I don't know, I don't want to go kicking any dirt hills over, basically, you know? Yeah, but a week, a week goes by, which we know is not true. Yeah, like you said, nobody asked anything. We came and went as we wanted. It doesn't cause any sort of concern enough to ask questions. 
He goes, well, I don't know who to ask. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say uh, or who to talk to. I mean, we'd have to talk to Galen again. Or he goes, maybe somebody in town knows about magic. He goes, there is that old. Uh, he goes, there's another woman I know about that knows a lot about magic, but she's incredibly creepy, and she usually wants something for information. So I'd either have to pay her, or uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. Unless somebody comes and asks, I say we just chalk it up to us getting paid, and that's it. All right. Maybe, maybe we can revisit this later, but you might be right on this one right now. Right. Um, yeah. So he um, he's like, well, I guess we go see Blim. All right. Let me get dressed and we'll head up. Yeah, he gets dressed. You guys actually aren't that hungry from the meal last night. You guys ate late, and it was incredibly filling, and you had three different desserts and two different dinners, so you guys are fine. You wake up like, oh, strangely enough, I'm fine. Um, so, yeah, you go down. Uh, the concierge, when you pass by, goes, did you guys sleep well? Oh, it was such a fantastic night. We're going to take these beds home with us. He's like, okay. yeah. He's like, no, you're not. He, like, laughs at the same time, like, no, nah, I don't think that's... Like, <laughs> good now. Like, um, he's like, well, you, you gentlemen, uh, have a good day now. Do, would you be wanting the room for another day? Um, as of right now, I think that might be a good idea for us to take it for another night. Yeah, you guys do. And he, like, writes you down. He's like, all right, well, he goes, we'll have the room cleaned and everything. I mean, you guys have all your stuff with you. You don't have everything in the room that, you know, because you went out. You're not going to keep any of your stuff in there. Uh, he goes, all right, well, uh, have a good time in Sharn, gentlemen. All right, thank you very much. We'll be back later today. And he basically says, um, like, safe travels in Elvish. And then you, okay. you just see Trosh, like, <laughs> nod. Yeah, you're like, I know. Trosh just nods. And he's like, oh, that was nice of him. And then you guys leave. And he, like, you go outside the city, and it's it's basically the picture that's here, but it's daytime, and it's bustling. You see hundreds of people. Like, some people are coming in the inn and out, and you guys are in the way, so Trosh, like, stretches, and he's like, Ugh but it's instantly when you got outside it's much louder and Trash is like oh yeah I can see I can see why it's so quiet in there this is ridiculous like at least the swamps are quiet and you guys he's speaking uh, Thieves Can't to you uh, because okay. yeah he doesn't want you guys to he doesn't want yeah, you guys this to... is, I enjoy this uh, as of right now anyway nothing like home but to get out from time to time oh yeah, yeah see something different this is nice He's like, well, we should go see Blim. Um, you guys make it through. Uh, it probably takes like an hour. You don't really see anything weird, you know? Like, if you want to make some rolls, you can, but nothing is outside of the ordinary. It's just a normal, like, Tuesday bustling in Sharn. You know, you see carts of stuff moving. You see guards walking by, like, just making sure. You actually do see something uh, that catches your eyes. Like, somebody gets knocked off one of the ledges, and nobody seems to bat an eye you trosh runs over to the edge and looks and you see the person fall and they and the moment they get towards the edge they start uh, like towards the bottom like they're just gonna splat like probably about i don't know 25 feet they start feather falling and then they they land on the they land on the ledge and they're like (sighs) and everybody comes up and like pats him and they're like i'm okay i'm okay and then they just walk in the crowd the first night that just did the whole floating down. Yeah. Just walks off. Yeah. Trosh is like, whoa. Like, he's just like, I've never seen that. Right. Is that something 
Is that something uh, of notice? Uh, like, you, uh, well, you see that like when they fell, when he fell, the people on the upper ledge didn't really pay him a mind. When he landed, the people on the lower ledge, you know, because everything's elevated, they were like, "Are you all right? Are you all right?" Like you can tell they were concerned. And then he's like, "I'm okay." Like waves them off, and then everybody leaves. So then he just goes about his business, and you're like, "What the heck?" Like that's really weird. And then uh, you you hear somebody, you see an elf like walk by, and he says something in Elvish, and Trosh goes like looks at him, and then turns around. And he's like, "Apparently that's a normal thing." <laughs> he's like, huh. uh, the big city. "We should probably keep going." Cause yeah, and he goes, "Probably stay away from the edge." And then he goes, "Cause I don't think we have." what that guy has you guys make it through and you go to uh blim shop and it's basically it looks really nondescript you don't see any furnaces outside it just looks like a normal uh shop you go in and you can smell like chemicals and sulfur and steel and uh you see some people looking at his wares and you see uh like a human up front um and you see Blim, the guy that was described to you in the back, and he's hammering away. You see him using magic, like holding his hands up and electricity arcing through like this glove. And then he like stops and then picks up his hammer and starts hitting it, you know? So yeah. he's like working away. And you see a bunch of goods on the whatever, and you, you hear the human speaking some language you haven't heard before to some of the other people there. And it's like, you know, they're just trading and talking. You see some people throw gold down and he hands some stuff to them, like a ring and a necklace, and he's trading. And then he sees you and he's like, how may I help you? I'm going to tell him that we've been sent here by uh, Crocs um, to take a look at a couple of uh, diagrams that we have, if you would please. He's like, one second, good sirs. And then he like turns around and you see him go over. And he like you see him slowly go over. Uh, to Blim and he like says something and then Blim like you see him perk up a little bit he's like oh and then you see this dwarf come up and he he looks uh he's got all gray hair and it's all braided like every like it's long but he's braided everything so it's out of his eyes and uh he's got like uh he takes like these metal gauntlets off to talk to you guys and he's like you guys have been sent from tracks yes he's like so you have some diagrams for me to look over Please. And he goes like this. You guys hand him over. Even um, Trosh hands his over. He, you see him turn around and start looking over them. He's like, it'll be a bit. He goes, go ahead and look through the store. Alright, I'm gonna go and browse through the stuff that he has. There is some pretty cool stuff. You do see uh, something that looks like your arm hanging from the wall of what you want. It's completely silver. Like the Winter Soldier almost. Um, and it's it's, it looks like it's one piece. Like the one you have is like got straps. Obviously you have full movement and stuff like that and digits, but it's like leathery and there's metal kind of weaved in. Yours looks kind of like chain mail and like just repaired. And this one looks like, you know, the real deal. Very And you're like, ooh. I'm going to nudge Josh like that's, that's kind of something that I'm looking for. He's like, nice. And he like looks at him. He's like, that does look nice. And he goes like this and you hear, uh-uh. And he looks over, and the human's like, Mm-mm. like, don't touch anything, you know? Trudge is like, uh, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna look at the guy and wait for him to look away. Yeah, he looks away, and Trosh is like, that's something I want right there. And you see something that, the only way I could describe it, it looks like a mini cannon, but it's got a handle on it. So it looks like a massive cannon, and it's, it's made of, like, this weird bronze gold, and it's, like, in a glass case, and Trosh is like, that's what I want. 
But if you actually roll your intelligence. Hey, you're like, huh? Like, like, you're like, yeah, man. You're like, you know, want one hand and shit in the other and see what fills up first. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that you can afford even the right. even the market rate for the shards you have on you. You you'd come up short uh, because that's like that's made of like a steel you haven't really seen before, and it, it looks like you don't know a lot about metallurgy, but you're like, that's not just one type of steel. You know, you've seen weapons and stuff before. You're like that. That's definitely a unique item that would take you a little bit to get. You know, to get that. So right, right. So you guys look around. People are coming in and out and buying stuff. One guy argues with the shopkeep, but it's very quiet. The shopkeep just the shop. The guy passes his gold over. You see them have like a disagreement, and then the shopkeep uh, takes the item from the guy because the guy slams it down. And it's this weird trinket that you haven't seen. It's like on a chain. It looks like just a ring on a chain. The guy, you see the shopkeep, pull it away and throw the guy's coins at him and say something in a language you don't know. And the guy curses. I'm again in a language you don't know, but I mean, I don't speak Russian. When two people are cursing at each other. You're like, they are not happy with each other. Um, right. They just basically have a disagreement. And the guy leaves with his money, and uh, then the guy comes over to you. He's like, uh, he's like, Blim would like a word with you too. Uh, I'll look at Tross and nod like. So you guys go over there and, uh, you know, Blim's got his glasses on. He's like, he's like, who drew these? And he's pointing at the ones that uh, Trax gave you. Uh, there's like three sketches. He's like, who drew these? Is this Trax did this? I'm going to nod, yeah. He's like, oh, stupid armors. And he like, he's like, well, he goes, it's going to take me a day or two to make these actually legible. Uh, I'm going to run out of red ink. And he goes, so come back tomorrow morning, and I'll have a revised sketch. And God help me, I hope he doesn't blow up your godforsaken swamp. And he goes, and who drew this? And he pulls out the other one, and Trosh is like, I did? And he's like, you don't know how to draw, do you? And let alone, you don't even know how to draw schematics. And Trosh is like, no. Like, really quietly. And he goes, ah. He's like, kids. And you Trosh laughs at that, because obviously as far as dwarves... And elves go, yeah, Trash is a baby, but he's obviously going to outlive the dwarf, you know? Right, right. And the dwarf's like, uh, it'll cost you if you want me to upgrade these, and I know what you're looking for. And he goes, huh. he's like, listen, I can upgrade both your drawings, but you're both going to have to penny up at least two gold for me to make these uh, legible. And he goes, based on these drawings, you're going to need some adamantinite. Uh, so he goes, I can sell you that, what you need for your arm. And he goes, uh, that, of course, we could talk about. But he goes, I'll have to, he goes, that'll have to be tomorrow because I'll have to think of a price. And he goes, for you two lot. And he goes, but if you don't want me to touch anything, you're free to go. Well, clearly we want you to draw them up. He's so like, I thought so. You drive a hard bargain, but I'll do it. Two gold a pop, and I'll get your schematics in the morning. Do you want that now or you want it later? He's like, well, now would be preferable. Okay, um, I'll pay for him to do mine and uh-huh. the schematic, redraw the schematics for mine and Trosh. Oh, and Trosh is like, oh, you're so nice. Um, the guy's like, come back tomorrow morning. I'll have your redone schematics. And he goes, 
uh, and he goes, come before we open. And he, he says, you'll see the time. Because they actually have a clock right outside where it's like, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's just a normal analog clock. It ticks over. And he's like, come at, uh, he's like, come at uh, 5.45 in the morning. Uh, it's before I open. We'll be able to talk for a little bit. Um, do we have a base price as of right now for... He's like, no, would, he goes, I'll, I'll let you know base price tomorrow. He goes, because I need to redo these so I can actually read them. He's like, Trax is a very good armorer, but he's a terrible person at the inner mechanics of this. He's like, your arm just on purpose would blow up if I made it the way he wanted. But he goes, I'll, I'll see if I can do something. Okay. Um, so we'll see you tomorrow, and then uh, I'll look at Trash and not exit. Okay. Um, yeah, you guys go out, and Trash is like, well... Um, what are we going to do for the rest of the day? Well, do we want to go see if we can fight some of these shards, or... He's like, well, we're both going to need that metal. Right. He's like, hmm. You see him look around, and, uh, you see him look at this... He looks... You see his ears perk up, and he's like... You see this, like, elf in the corner? Like, looks like he's leaning against a wall with, like two of their elves and they're kind of like eating both of them are eating fruit just like and they, they look like they have his cart and he, and he looks at him and he's like you see him eye him for a second he's like mm, one sec and you see him go through the crowd and start talking to these guys and it looks like a really like cordial conversation but you could tell they're whispering and then Trosh comes back he's like yeah I figured he goes well he goes those two men know where we could get some but uh, I don't know. Do you want to trust him? He goes, I trust him. I know we're new to the city and everything, but I talked to him a little bit. And uh, for what they do, they are somewhat trustworthy. They could probably lead us to the place to get enough metal to do what you want with your arm and me to do what I want with my gun. Well, you talk to him. I trust you. If you think you trust them. Yeah, he's like, here's the deal, though. They don't want shards, they want money. Meaning we're going to have to come up. He goes, which I think is weird, but I still trust him. He goes, mm. He goes, all right. He goes, how about this? I told him we had money, that, I, that we didn't have shards, because I obviously don't want to tell him that we have shards. But that means if we trust him and want the metal off them, we're going to have to trade our shards for cash. Which, I think there's an exchange house near here. We could go there and see what the exchange rate is. Okay. Well, I also have gold. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, your metal is very expensive. He goes, it'd be cheaper to just trade in one of the shards. Uh, in fact, there is an economy for shards in Sharn because some of the ones you have have energy in them that are used to power the... Um, they're used to power the airships, uh, different machines here. Uh, if there's like a mechanical golem, those things are powered by the shards. So, like, there is a market for these, you know? So you could yeah. go to the exchange house and go, these are what I have. Like, in fact, there's guards there. So they don't really care. Like, you're, and it, it helped that you guys got your clothes pressed because basically it's like you guys just look like kind of respectful businessmen coming in, you know? Go like, hey, we, you know, they don't care either, like, how you got your shards. Now, I'm sure there's a black market for shards. In fact, I know there is. But if you guys go to an exchange house and just say, hey, we got these shards, this is what we want. They can be like, oh, how much gold do you want? Here's what it is today. You know, it's just like a stock market, you know? Right. Yeah, let's go do that. Okay. So the value I wrote in your notes is pretty much the value that you know of. Um, because I will say that the paper does make it out to the swamp. And again, since there's an exchange market, 
that I, I think I've made up in my head, but it also makes most amount of sense. Um, that's the price that you know of for the shards. But uh, just like everything, it changes per day. So if you only read the paper once a day uh, or, what, or once a week, then you wouldn't know like the going rate. You go in and it actually matches pretty much what you thought in your head. And you see guards in there. It's very respectable. Your clothes have been pressed. Like nobody gives you a weird look. You're clean. Uh, you go in and there's a, there's a um, two dwarven attendants like with nice suits you know, they see you come up to the, do you go up to the window or because Trosh like hangs back and kind of looks around a little bit. Um, do you want to go up to the window and start talking to the dwarves? Yeah, I'll go up to the window. You go up, they're like, hello, sir. They're like, how may I help you today? I'm going to ask about the exchange rate. Hmm. Well, right now, what kind of shards are you looking to exchange? Because um, he like looks up and it's magical, but it's like those falling tile, you know, that like comes down and he's like, it looks like the middle shards of the. Uh, hang on, I'll close this. The. Yeah, it looks like the Kyber shards are going for a little bit more today, uh, but the Eberron shards kind of dropped in value. Trosh comes up and he whispers to you and um, he whispers to you in, uh, in Thieves' Cant. He's like, uh, they said for uh, the ore that you need for your arm, uh, it's probably going to be about 300 gold. So keep that in mind. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask about, uh, I'm going to grab one of the Eberron and hand it to him and see if they can give me a price for that individual one. Uh, yeah, he does the thing with the jeweler where he's got, like, these magical glasses, you know, he puts them on. But you see them, like, they just look like regular, like, reading glasses. But the moment he puts them on, like, they start to glow. And you see him hold this shard up, you know. And he's like, yes, this actually is a very good shard. But, again, the value dropped. And he's like, I could probably give you about um, 50 gold uh, for this individual shard. Okay. And then I'm going to show him the uh, Kyber shard. One of them. He's like, oh. He's like, again, those are yellow and it's like crackling. And he's like, these are actually very good quality, sir. He's like, we could probably, for one of these, give you about... Uh, he goes, well, this one, the value went up. So we give you 200 gold for the Kyber and only probably 50 for the Eberron. Okay. Um, so out of character information, would uh, Blim more or less prefer gold over the shards? Uh, you probably would know that Blim, um, I think, no, well, Trax did tell you, he's like, he really likes shards. So like he would trade in shards, but that's for him to do his job. Right. And he's going to upgrade the schematics. Um, Trax at home is going to make your arm. So he just needs to steal, um, for you to do it. So, um, later if you want blim to make the thing you'd have to come back and he'd definitely trade in shards okay and, so, and tracks uh, did say that he prefers shards because again he's trustworthy when you exchange but like again like you and um like you and trosh talked about at the restaurant um you know there's uh you know you gotta get some dirt on you sometimes so you're not gonna ask any questions if someone's like i want a shardy like here you go man i don't care don't don't tell me where you did any of that i don't care at all right so i'm gonna 
because he said that I could get 200 gold for one of one Kyber's job. Yeah. And 50 and then, for the uh, Eberron. 50 for the Eberron. I'm going to wave Trosh over and just uh, talk to him in uh, uh, Thieves' Camp. Just to ask him how much gold are we thinking we're going to need. Because I'm going to let him know that if we don't have to trade these in, we might not want to trade these all these in. He says, well, we're going to need about 300. He doesn't know what you have on you. Uh, so he's like, we're probably going to need about 300 for the steel that you have. That's enough to do your arm. And he goes, um, but if you want anything else done, I don't know. So are you going to have to? I don't know what you have on you. So, um, I'll trade in one of the uh, the Kuiper. Yep. Guards. And then that's it? Um, I'm gonna hand over. Was it the Cybery shard? And see what they'll give me for that. Oh, that. Uh, the guy's like, oh, um, whoa, because you like pull. It's like a medium sized shard, like a rock. You know, you you pull it out, and he's like, oh my god. He's like, well, sir. He's like, actually, the market. Uh, this is very rare, and right now, uh, there isn't a lot of these. And he goes, we could offer you about 350 uh, gold for just this one uh, shard. Gotcha. Um, I'll keep. I'll keep this. Okay. He's like, he just, you know, fine, like hands it back, you know, doesn't. Right. So I will trade in one of the Kyber and one of the Eberron. All right. You have four of those. Okay. Uh, he weighs your gold out. Like they have scales there. He weighs it out and uh, he pulls the shards and then hands you the gold. And he's like, would you like a receipt of sale, sir? Please. Yeah. He fills that all out, passes it over to you. He's like, uh, and your friend? And you see Trosh, he's like, you see him look, and he's like, same deal. And he, he does the same thing that you do. Uh, okay. He didn't get the same amount of shards, but he had one of each, basically. Um, the guy gives him, fills him out a bill of sale, and he's like, is there anything else, gentlemen? And Trosh's like, no, I'm good. And then he looks at you, he's like, you good? I'm fine. He's like, okay. Uh, he's like, you gentlemen, have a good day. You too, sir. Thank you. Yep. Uh, you guys walk out, and you see those elves like across the street. Uh, and they like nod and you see a Trosh nod and he like waves for you to come over there and he's like alright uh, you're going to take us to the steel and the guy just nods he doesn't really say a lot uh, and then you guys start following and you go to uh, you go to like that uh, area where those guys were eating and they have like a like a tarp and you see that like there's tons of people walking around and they have uh, the tarp and you see the guy pull it back and you see that I mean, you know what that steel looks like. He's got, like, things of it in there. And he's like, how much do you want? And Trash is like, mm-mm. He's like, we want this weighed. You see the guy look at him and, like, squint? And he squints at you. He's like, fair enough. And then you guys, he goes, follow me. And he takes the thing. And the guys are like, as soon as he, like, he picks this case up and slings it over his shoulder. You can tell it's really heavy. It's got, like, ropes on it, you know, so you can sling it over his shoulder. The guys come behind him and they're like bodyguards, you know? So they follow you guys into another house, which looks completely legitimate. It's like an exchange house, but you see weights and scales and everything. And Trash is like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Like he goes to go and he's like, what? And he's like, we want to go where, where we just were. And they're, you see, they're like arguing and Trash is speaking to him in common. And then the guy says something in Elvish and you see Trash just like his eyes narrow. And then the guy goes and you guys go back in the same, the same exchange house you were in. And you see Trash hold up his hands and he looks at the guards and then he says like across the, you know, you just get in the entryway and he says to the, uh, to the, the dwarf you just talked to, he's like, sir, he's like, um, 
you know, you did, uh, you were very professional on our last exchange, and my colleague and I are trading right now, and I would like to make sure that I get a fair deal. And you see the gnome, like, or the, the dwarf, like, bow a little bit, and he's like, please approach a desk. And you see the guards, like, you see one of them grab the hilt of his sword. It's like two human size. They're in plate, so you can't really see what race they are. But they grab their swords, and you see everybody kind of slowly come in, and the guy, like, puts the... Like, you see a bigger area that he goes in, like a like a merchant area. Like, you, you've been to banks where they have, like, the lines for people, and then they have, like, a merchant area over there. Well, they go in, and the guy puts it down, and the, he, he shoves it through, like, the opening in the cage. And you see the dwarf, like, open it up and put his spectacles back on and start looking, and he's like, oh. And he starts weighing it. You see him pull scales out. And he's like this amount right here and he like weighs it and it's exactly the amount you know because um tracks gave you notes you know yeah and he's like this amount right here the the 10 pounds of this material you need will be 300 gold at current market value okay and uh trash is like said fair and you see the you see the guy like looking at the thing and he's like yeah that's fair and see trash go all right he's like that's what you want, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's like, give the he's like, give the clerk your money. So you hand the clerk the money. He weighs your money. Then you know the the stuff's still on the scale. He passes the seal over to you, and then he throws the uh, he uh, he throws the uh, money to the guy. Like basically, he's exchanging everything for you guys. So that way, you, there's no like. You know, he tries to do like a sleight of hand or you try to do a sleight of hand. Um, right. And then Trosh is like, and uh, I know you're a fine establishment, sir, but obviously to do this service, you would need something. And you see the dwarf like tug on his beard a little bit. He's like, well, he's like, we're not uh, allowed to take anything in um, recompense for what we've done. But he goes, we do enjoy eating at the um, Red Dragon Flagon. The place you were just at that you have a room? Yeah. Yeah. And Trosh is like, absolutely like, we'll we'll pay for that. You know, we'll pay for dinner for you and the guards. And he's like, That's acceptable. And then um you see Trosh, he looks at you and he says in Thieves Can, he's like, You do have to pay these uh the man the the other elves because uh basically they wanted to take some off the top, but now that it's all official, they can't do that, but he doesn't want any bad blood between him. So you basically just have to pay him a bribe. Uh, you know, you have to pay them something for their services, basically for walking over. You know, they did acquire the metal, so uh, yeah. So he said, just pay him about. He said, I'd say about fifty gold, and then you're good. Okay, I'll do that. So Trosh does the same thing, but he gets a little bit less metal than you, um, and then exchanges, and then he gives them more money. It looks like, and then you see them squint at him, but they are taking the money, and then you guys all walk out, and they walk out in front of you. And then uh, you see the guy turn and he says something in Elvis to Trosh and Trosh just, you see Trosh like listen to him and slowly nod his head. And then you see Trosh just go like this and go. And the guy goes, and like his guards say something and then they, they all walk out. Trosh is like, well, he goes, they didn't stab us, that's good. And I don't trust him 100%, but at least with the merchant standing behind him, he goes, we're all in the up and up. So, he goes, I say we go get lunch. Wow, I am really impressed. What in the world? How did you learn to party? He's like, well, 
I didn't really learn to barter. But he goes, I trusted those guys, but didn't trust them, if that makes sense. And he goes, the merchant, he goes, they are forthcoming, and it is within their best interest not to rip people off. Those guys in the street, not so much. So he goes, everybody got paid. They got their, their bribe in. We paid the merchant. He goes, in fact, we should probably go settle the tab with the, uh, when we go get lunch. Uh, I just want to go back to the Red Dragon Flagon. And so you guys go back there and you sit down and the, the same elvish barmaids are there and they're like, oh, hello. And they, they like bow and they're like, it's good to see you again, you know. And he's like, yes. He's like, so, uh, you know, you guys order lunch. It's like the same thing, basically like uh, chicken and everything. And Trosh basically explains to them in elvish, says something to them very long. And they, they nod and they go and they say in common, they say, actually, uh, that happens a lot. The merchants at the exchange guild aren't allowed to take bribes but uh they do eat well so that's fine and you see trosh like put some money down and they're like it'll all be taken care of and uh trosh is like what's your name and he says in elvish and uh he says it in common and then he says something in elvish uh she responds in elvish and then bows takes his money and then uh walks away and he's like well he goes i hate to say it but i think i'm gonna have another bath then i'm taking a nap and then well we'll see Yeah, you go to the bar and get a pint, and um, yeah, it's just like a, you see people come in and out. There's a lot of languages you don't understand that you hear people kind of back and forth talking. Or like, I mean, it, it's but it is nice. Again, they must use some magic or something because it's very, very quiet. So they're like, ah, like this is great. Um, so it gets like in the afternoon. Um, do you, is there anything you want to ask about? Because um, basically, I'm just gonna fast forward to your meeting with Blim unless there's something you specifically want to do. No, there's, right now there's nothing that I can think of. Okay. So you, you wake up at early in the morning, you and Trosh wake up, and you guys are well rested, so it isn't hard. You don't have to, like, wake each other up. Because, one, you have a meeting. You ever have that thing where you know you can't be late and you wake up three times in the night to make sure that you're like, how oh, did I skip my alarm? That's kind of what happens to you guys. You wake up early, you get ready, um, and then you go meet Blim early in the morning, and you guys are the only ones there. Even that human attendant isn't there. And you walk in, he goes, ah, you're back. So he goes, come with me, come with me. And you guys basically go back behind the counter and he's got a workbench, like a beautiful metal workbench. You see all these devices on there and like a hammer and like a glove and like this weird glowing crystal and stuff. And uh, one of them actually looks like your medium uh, kyber crystal uh, is on the desk just like glowing. And he's like, he's like, well, he goes, Trax knows what he's doing when it comes to armory, but, you know, making a gun, it's not his strong suit. And he like lays out these brand new printed schematics. It's on these stereotypical blue paper with the white, you know, like the white um, outline and it's gridded and it's like printed, you know, you see like printed text on there in Dorvin and Common. Uh, and he's like, so you want an arm, which he can do. He goes, I'm not going to fault him that. But he says, it looks like his notes. You want something in your arm. You want a gun? Yeah. I want it to be hidden in such a way where it's just not noticeable you know situations get a little little interesting and sometimes you need just a little bit of help he's like fair enough he's like you're not the first person to ask that but to be honest based on your height and weight and he goes which reminds me could you stand right there for a second and you like walk over and stand there he's like do you normally carry that amount of gear on you yes so you're standing there you feel like a glow under your feet and you look down and you're standing on like a cobblestone and it starts to glow and you see like 
the clock like above you like turns and then a number appears above it that like fades away and he's like all right and you see him write something down in there and he goes see he goes the problem is i'm gonna have to run a lot of tests because of your height and weight and what you request how big a firepower do you want in your arm um like pistol or rifle Fair enough. He said, do you want it to be detached from your arm so you can use it? Or do you want it to be part of your arm? Uh, I want it part of my arm. Okay. You like see him taking notes? He's like, well, he goes, I don't know if you got your medal or not, but you could probably take your medal back and have tracks. Uh, he says, build your arm. And he said, um, I'm working on this part and I'll have to run some tests. So you'll have to come back probably about two weeks and he goes i'm still gonna have to run some tests we're still gonna have to do some stuff i'll give you some samples you let me know if they do you right or not and he goes any other questions no he's like all right he's like fair enough he's like and you sir and he like starts speaking elvish to trosh and trosh like backs up and and then you see the guy grin speak elvish and they speak for maybe like 10 minutes and trosh is like like, doesn't look upset, just like he's, like, oh, like, kind of, like, learning something. And Dorf yeah. stops speaking Elvish. He's like, do you boys need anything else? I'm gonna look at Josh and... He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he did mention that he wants a meal at the Red Dragon Flagon. He's like, that seems to be a really popular place around here. And uh, you see uh, Blim, like, laugh, and he goes, strangely enough, they have some of the best ale in this part of town. And he goes, it's right down the street. And you see Trox go, oh, yeah, fair enough. So he throws money down the table, you know, for them to get, like, yeah. some ale. And you see Blim go, well, I'll see you gentlemen in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Yeah, uh, so you basically have the room for one other night. Uh, you can go back to the end, but you guys are pretty much done. You have the steel. Uh, nobody's accosted you. Uh, you can go back and um, have uh, Trax make your arm if you want. Um, I'm gonna ask Trosh uh, if there's something else that he wants to do here. He's like, no, I think uh, I think I got what I wanted. In fact, I got one extra meal than I was expecting, and a little bit more ale, so I'm good. And he goes, and I wasn't stabbed. <laughs> All right, then yeah, uh, we're gonna go back. Okay, uh, you know uh, the ship is leaving within an hour. You guys, um, you know, you grab your stuff, you go back. Um, you don't really see anything weird or different in the shop. Blim is working away at his raised, or at Blim, uh, Trax is working away at his raised hut. Just, you hear him clanging up, and this is like, again, uh, to see the contrast between what you came from and what you see, you know, Blim had a state-of-the-art workshop with metals and things around it, and a smith. This guy literally has an oven that he's throwing coal into, uh, and like a wood, you know, like a wood bench with like stuff on it, and uh, do you just come in and like throw the steel down, or... Give him the plans, or what do you want to... I'm going to go in and uh, tell him that we have uh, some of his stuff, and then I'm going to let him know that, uh, you know, we talked. Uh, we talked with Blim, and he said that uh, you can go ahead and start making making my arm. Oh, he's like, do you give you the prints? Yes. All right. He's like, well, let me see him. And then... Uh, you hand him over, and then you see him unroll him, and he whistles. He does that, like, I can't do it, but like that, like, oh, you know, like. Right. Right. And then he goes, well, he goes, you got the steel, right? Yes. 
you see him take the steel and he weighs it and he you see him take some chemicals out and start dropping chemicals on it and he goes i'm just making sure you guys didn't get ripped off and trash is like i hope we didn't get ripped off and then uh he does some tests he goes this is good quality steel He's like, so it's going to be a little bit. He goes, I got to get this thing hot as hell to melt this stuff down. And he goes, to shape your arm, it's going to take some time. And you see him reach under like one of the, you know, he's got like stacks of crates, basically. You see him pull out like this massive freaking um, like mold. And you see like the Winter Soldier, like, uh, you know, but it's like in pieces. Yeah. And he's like, it's going to take some time, son, is what I'm saying. Well, I'm supposed to go back and see Glenn in about two weeks. He's like, well, your arm will be done, which will be good for him because he knows what he's doing. Uh, he goes, so, he goes, but I'm a little bit upset about this, and he points down to the plans. So, you know, Blim even said the Trax is very a very good armor, but you see, he, you know, even though he improved upon them, he thought he was improving upon them to make your gun easier to fit in the arm. But on the section that just shows your arm, there's red marks. And Trax is like, I know what I'm doing. You know, like he, he gets kind of mad that Blim would like correct his work. Because even Blim's like, oh, he's a good armorer. But even Blim was like, ah, oh, maybe he can change this or maybe he can change that. And right. Trax is like, well, I'm not doing that. So uh, so you see, uh, he goes, it'll take some time, son. He goes, um, you know, nothing really happened once you guys uh, once you guys left. Like, it's been a crazy couple of days. Uh, more people have come to that monastery, though, and they're they're reinforcing it. Um, you guys look over and you see fires burning over there, and it looks like they're putting up stone now, like stone walls around it and everything. So, what type of other people have been coming through? He's like, uh, nobody really of note. He goes, um, maybe a couple of city guards, but he goes, I don't know what they wanted, and they didn't ask me, but I just saw them come through. But of course, I didn't. You know, I'm not gonna. I don't know. I'm not gonna talk to them about what they want. I just stuck to my work. Uh, Trosh, what does he think? Should we go investigate or? He's like, uh, no, I'd say we wait this one out. <laughs> he goes, they're not here now. Because you guys go back to your, uh, you guys go back to the, the only in there. And the barmaid, I described her before, you know, she comes over, she just puts that bilge water ale back on the table and Trosh drinks it and then spits it out. It's like, there's no place like home. And just like slowly drinks it back. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, it was fun to do. Good little, uh, you know, good little diversion. I think uh, I'll talk more about it in the, um, in the, um, I'm going to do like a, uh, like a, um, what do they call it? A self-evaluation. I'll do that. Uh, we've got to do my wife's epilogue, and then I'll do that. But I'll talk more about the epilogue, like what I'm finding myself enjoy more as time goes on. But let me do the outro. So this podcast uh, will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there. Uh, leave a comment. Let me know what you think of the show. You can also share and download the podcast from the link there uh, on the page. Um or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. That's gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Go there. Let me know what you think of the show. Or you can find me on iTunes. Go there. Look for the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. Um, 
Uh, it's got a black background with smoke in it. Like, subscribe, share, that kind of stuff. I will do a better job of promoting this on Monday mornings, but go there. Uh, give me some stars. Let me know what you think. And uh, I'm also on Twitter, at JustLittleJoe. So go to Twitter, at JustLittleJoe. Just Look for my avatar, a uh, big, bald, white guy uh, with, well, not big, but the avatar is big, with, uh, you know, big back glasses. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I'm not going to play the music again. So you guys just enjoy the abrupt sound of my voice ending. And uh, be safe out there, everybody, and I will see you next week.